Hello and welcome to Enough Looker, a podcast where we burst a child's balloon so that he'll learn about the harshness of life early as we discuss the greatest television show of all time, The Golden Girls. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. And today we're tackling the 116th episode of the series, Great Expectations. <laughs> you got to wear those kids down right away, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Where's that group? I want to sign up for that. <laughs> yeah, I love that one. <laughs> life's a bitch and then you die. <laughs> so what do you, what do you think about this episode? I love it. I think it's like, um, I think from the very beginning, it just comes out with this, like it, it Blanche in the cowboy outfit with the, the KY risque line. I feel, um, you know, like from the very beginning, it's so funny. I love, love, love the positive thinking group. It's so funny. It's so rose yeah. in the eighties to, to, find yourself at one of these the 90s. um yeah the 90s that's true we're in the 90s now um and the Blanche story I think is a really interesting one because I think it's like in a way even though I feel like she's trying to avoid that it she's super vulnerable and like it's really an internal struggle for her I feel like from the very beginning with Steven I I I kind of feel like there's two things going on though too because they say that she kind of ran away from Steven because like they were getting too close um mm-hmm. but then she comes back and says that it's because he was hung up on his ex so I feel like she kind of regresses like that to me feels like a little bit of deflection and then yeah. um she learns a lesson at the end which I think we've talked about before like it's not fun to see these characters struggle or go through something hard and then not come out with like any better or any takeaway and I think that in this one the outcome isn't what she wanted but she does seem to come away with like a light or a, a um a moment of self-reflection and sort of like a lesson I think yeah I, I I that's why I really like this one too because we get we get some depth from Blanche and I like I love when we get depth from Blanche because she's set up to be a depthless character right yeah, she and tries it's like, to avoid it <laughs> yeah she really and that's that's part of the whole thing here right like that's entirely the storyline is that she's trying to avoid depth because she's afraid she's going to be hurt and she really like spells it out at the end of like what happened so um i really it's so funny that you're talking about like two things going on with steven of the whole like oh first it's because they're getting too close and second it's because he's hung up on his ex but like it seems like one of those things where like your friends be like no it's not true and then he gets back to with his ex and you're like god damn it yeah I told you <laughs> yeah exactly it's like oh you actually did have good intuition there like that's probably pretty true so but yeah you're right like in the very beginning like yippee okay why is like oh it's such a perfect line whoever wrote that please be patting yourself on the back because it's incredible <laughs> It's incredible. And I do feel like that's a pretty big one to get by the censors. Um, when we were watching this one, Michelle was like, oh my God, was KY Jelly out then? <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> I think it was so in like the early 1900s. But um, anyway, uh, yeah, I love it so much. And the Morty Fishbein exchanges are really oh funny too. Oh my God, Morty Fishbein? <laughs> Also, before then, even to like, what's the point of wearing this thing if I have nothing to put in it? I say the same thing every morning before I put on my bra. <laughs> we just and, get like hit after hit. Yeah, the hit after hit. And like, you know, sometimes Blanche, um, I feel like Big Daddy, everything he says and all of the stories about him are ridiculous. And like all of the objects that he 
held. Um, but Blanche looking for her pearl handle six shooter is absurd <laughs> and so big daddy. And I feel like it's it's not always that we get that from her, but um, so very like, yeah, this is all in the first, I don't know, minute that we're still in. Like it's a great episode. Yes. And we get the, we get the rose. It's like life is a giant weenie rose. I'm the biggest weenie. I mean, it's like, it's so chock full of, of lines and just like hilarious beats. And to your point, like the B story of the happiness, you know, cult (laughs) is just perfectly rose. And like, to your point, I think you made last episode where you were talking about the restraint on the part of the writers to have somebody use like a St. Olaf story. That's not Rose. It's almost like restraint upon the writers that they haven't had one of these groups already. (laughs) Yeah. Those are big. It's really perfect. You know? Oh God. But, um, so, so can we talk about the group? We- oh yeah, I'd love to. If I'm lucky, so- I may live to be seven. <laughs> like, all that that messaging, you know, that like your your this is the first day of the rest of your life, and like you have to change the way you're thinking, and like all yeah. of this. It's it's really like these positive thinking groups with. Um, I assume this one has no sort of like outward religious orientation, but these and straight up religious cults and MLMs. They're all sort of the same, you know, and I feel like if the Golden Girls were written now, Rose would be like selling Herbalife or something. She could easily find herself in MLM. (laughs) (laughs) Or landmark forums, you know them? Yeah, that's very similar to this, I feel like. Very similar to this. Yes, because it's, again, it's like all of those things you just named, right? Where it's like, maybe not MLMs like, like Mary Kay or something, but like, all the other ones, like, you know, uh, power positive thinking groups like this, like landmark forums, improve your life. Like the school of practical philosophy, I feel in New York city is like kind of on this vibe. Um, religion, all of those, right. There's, is, there's this perfect, there's like one of those things where like part of the deception is that you have to have like part of a truth, right? Like that's, that's just good storytelling and like how you basically twist human minds into getting your way is like, there's all these, there's good messages. Yes. Like create your own happiness. Hell yeah. I believe that power of positive thinking, you know, like think that the butcher's a good person, that they're not, he's not trying to screw you all the time. And maybe you will get a nice cut of beef, <laughs> like, you know, um, like religion. Yeah. Like all the shit that Jesus supposedly said that they wrote down, you know, do one to others. You want to be treated, whatever. Sounds great, man. But the problem is, is when you then put it in this framework of like the power of humans, and then you start being like in group and out group, and you have to pay for access to information. And then you start disparaging other people who like, aren't on board. (laughs) You know, (laughs) that sounds good where we can sign up for that group. I love that one. Yeah, Um, exactly. That's where the trouble comes, right? Yeah, the paying is like, I guess Rose hasn't quite gotten to that level yet. Um, but yeah, that's true. It's always a scam. Like, that's the thing. It's like, sure, if you just want to get up on your pulpit and talk about the power of positive thinking and like help people feel better about themselves, great. But at some point, there's going to be a money exchange. And like, that's where the problem comes in. Right. Um, the thing that I thought of that was but like, not even most- just money exchange. Sometimes it's like, it's like in the case of cults, like they, they might not actually be tangible money, but there's definitely like power issues devotion. and like yeah. Yeah, devotion. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. And like, just like, you know, having to recruit other generally, whenever something oh. you're part of is like, oh, you yeah. must recruit a downline. That's a bad sign. Yes, um, exactly. <laughs> The uh the sort of modern thing that I can I can remember is um I guess it was like 10 years ago at this point when everybody was reading the secret. 
remember that the book by um, oh absolutely yeah 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 and what Miranda was the Burns. gist of it I never read it I can I, I confused that one with like the player's handbook or whatever <laughs> I mean it's basically it's all the kind of the same stuff it's like it's a uh, I did read it um I was one of those people who got sucked up and it, it was like <laughs> it's about the law of attraction. you wanted to know a secret give me a break yeah I gotta get that book and no one would tell you what it was, I was like, <laughs> um but it's yeah it's, it's about like it's basically this it's like use be a positive thinker and positive things will happen in your life um if you use the law of attraction to like get nicely sliced roast beef you'll get that and so like it's basically this I feel like maybe that's where it came from <laughs> create your I, own miracles yeah well that's what's funny the woman actually says this is create your own miracles but the sign says create your own happiness so I'm like all right even you guys and your internal messaging are fucking up. Are you a cult? Like how far, this is the debut meeting. Create you your own about? miracles feels like it must be a cult. I feel like. <laughs> Seriously. I love that this, when they film the sea of faces, everybody's smiling all dopely. And they're like, where's Blanche? It's like, oh, still so she saw my man smiling at her in the hall. Yeah, it's so <laughs> it's funny. Great an idiot. I know. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I love the, come on, Melanie. Like it's, uh, it's just so fucking funny. Um. <laughs> yeah it's really good there and like the lady the cult lady when she's like talking to Dorothy about the harshness of reality and like you know um in my in your case I'd say it was the mother and then Sophia just writes yeah. up and like guess again a special one it's just like so their great present there is so good and Rose is just like so genuinely both believing what the lady's saying and also like only seeing that Dorothy and Sophia are like participating really you know and she's like I think everybody really likes you it's so cute oh it's God, like oh, I know it's, it's so cute setup. but also like Rose in the scene and thinking about cults I'm like it's a fucking miracle that she hasn't been swallowed up by one yet yeah <laughs> she's a prime target she is, right prime target oh my god for sure um but I do want to switch of like thinking again surface level totally agree with that power positive thinking like where she you know criticizes pointing out what's wrong with the world rather than what's right about it like i really believe those things that really affects your mindset right like that's a really that's a good way to live as just general advice not in a cult group setting <laughs> but yeah. then we go and we're talking you know and dorothy is talking like reflecting on the meeting and you know she's like you know it's a very serious thing dorothy it's like it is like she's dorothy says life is a swirling eddy of despair <laughs> like that's depression girl like that's not yeah. just like that's not just being upset with your butcher like get some help like that that actually is funny because it's like to me that line made me crack up because i was like all right well we're we're like really swinging the pendulum wildly here this isn't yeah. like a this isn't a middle ground um but at least, you know, and then it's like quickly written over because we have that, that line I love, like your cousin Federico, like people waste their time pondering whether the glass is half empty or half full. I just drink whatever's in the glass. Little Luigi. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I mean, did you catch that swirling eddy of despair line? It's intense. I did. Yeah. And I, I did in my notes also point out that it's, it starts because of a dripping faucet. So like really, yeah, I think you need get a grip girl direct uh you need real help about your negative thinking um that's quite a jump <laughs> yeah that's like psychosis right there with like how many pages you read yeah like, really no, i feel like you might be a little therapist. manic <laughs> um yeah <laughs> so there's some plot holes there but you know i think you're right about the messaging of like 
And I get that, you know, like, I think you often, like, if I'm annoyed by something, and then I'm like, going to be triggered by every other little thing, it's like, of course, you're going to have a bad day, because annoying things are going to happen in your day, and you just have to like, roll with it but if you find well, yeah, yourself if you're gonna looking notice for those them. exactly right exactly then you will you will notice them and it will be um difficult and I think the same thing applies with like positively approaching life you know like positive positive thinking essentially like saying um but like it's interesting like the exercise of writing down every negative thought that comes into your head I also noted was like something that I am curious about um I don't know that I would ever do it for myself but I would be I would be curious to see what would come. I say, I do like that doing it yourself. Yeah. yeah, like writing down, you know, like keeping a diary, essentially, of like all the negative thoughts. Like, I'm sure that in itself is a good tool for self reflection. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, and it's the exact opposite of like the practice of gratitude journaling, right? <laughs> like, right. just be like, can yeah. you just find something nice to say about your day? Because then you're going to actually reflect on that, as opposed to reflecting on the leaking sa- faucet, and you know. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of a, yeah, it's an interesting <laughs> tactic. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, it's just, you know, I, I just think it's interesting to explore from that philosophical standpoint, even though obviously the point that they're making here is like that this group is way over the top. Yeah. <laughs> that it's like, you know, you have to find a happy medium uh, between Dorothy's despair and, uh, and Rose's naivete. <laughs> Come on, Melanie. Yeah. I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> um also the dog races it doesn't seem like an animal friendly storyline i know it never does i know it's really a weird choice yeah it's very strange um i also do enjoy that blanche refers to how steven makes her feel tingly (laughs) yeah (laughs) feels very ky reference (laughs) i mean when they come in from playing tennis or not playing tennis that too i know i know (laughs) my god so funny oh my god um i also love uh so the scene where the hospital calls her right like the hospital calls blanche (laughs) and she's like i'm not sure i'm going and i'm like did they call anyone else like yeah are you in emergency contact because you have to (laughs) you're the messenger man like there's a reason why they called you like he either told them to or like you're listed and either way that's kind of just responsibility in general even if you don't want to deal with it um i just thought that was really kind of fascinating i i had missed that that line where it's like the hospital calls her and she doesn't just get like word you know right yeah um really interesting Yeah, I mean, if she's the contact, you really, you gotta, you gotta handle that. Um, you don't want another, like, Mrs. Beatty, you, you know? For like, real. Mrs. Beatty because they're afraid of the feds. That's actually um, a really good point, right? Like, Rose, like, does her duty, even though it's painful. Um, it's obviously not the same situation, but very similar in terms of, like, you just have to kind of push past your own feelings and just get the deed done at that point. <laughs> right, which is hard for, I mean, hard for anybody. It's really hard for Blanche. Yeah, I want to talk about the Pablo Picasso story, obviously, because I feel like- Oh, yeah. Is- it's been a while since we've had a Sicily story. I know. And it's very quintessential um, for me when I think of Sophia being like, Pablo Picasso. You know, like that's <laughs> yeah. like the, the Sicily story that I, I feel like comes first in my head. Um, and we have to bring up that Picasso, I feel like somebody just tweeted this the other day, like Picasso was around in the 70s. Like he didn't, he wasn't like an ancient guy, which I feel like it's sort of the narrative that we have. Um, he died in 
I mean, truly, that's like all those memes that you're like, do you remember that Martin Luther King Jr. and Anne Frank were like born on the same day? So crazy. And the way that the media warps our brains. But yeah, I think it's actually like really it's kind of perfect, right? Like he's he's like a he just as a recent memory, but like a contemporary in terms of like living her age. I thought the exact same thing <laughs> when I heard the story. Yep. There's a, there's a Titanic, um, in the movie Titanic, they also reference him. So I feel like they're really oh, trying to get people to believe that, to, to understand his age, but. Exactly. Oh my God. Anyway. Um, but she tells the story about, you know, how to show her how to use, hold his palate without using his hands. Blanche for once actually looks really irritated when somebody is talking about a penis instead of being into it. I, th- I know well, that, that makes sense I feel like she's probably really like dealing with a lot in her head exactly it's really interesting I also th- I I really love that um you know she she refers to the she uses the phrase hook up with <laughs> yeah <laughs> Which, like, like speaking yeah. of things you thought were older or like not older <laughs> right, <laughs> or, like, that's true. timeline I thought that was hilarious <laughs> she's right though I mean so here's the thing about the Blanche storyline I think like it's all self-preservation. And I actually think that that's kind of lends itself to the um, the fact that we don't get really like a clear story on why she initially um, broke things off with Steven and like yeah. also why she's back. Like she's always trying to protect herself. And that's what this is too. Like in addition to, I think her not wanting to like get serious with him. I think it's also like a fear of like what's going to happen when you go to the hospital and like she won't yeah. she doesn't want to go through like losing another man she doesn't want this to like be too serious and so like there's kind of all of these different reasons for her not to go you know obviously like to your earlier point like none of them are are actually valid um but like from her perspective you can kind of get it because there's so many different um things that will happen after she goes and after she commits to being there for him um that she'll have to deal with and some of them are really grim like some of them she doesn't know how the the outcome is gonna go and so I think like that's where all of her um stuff in this one comes from and I you know I feel pretty uh sympathetic towards her well, what's really, I mean, definitely, I, I, I do it as well. And it's not that like her feelings aren't valid. It's just that like, I don't know what the end game is because right. she makes that, first of all, I love, she goes, I got to put me first. And Sophia just so snarkily says, now there's a radical shift in priorities. Which yeah. I love, it's like, ooh, what a dig, you know? Yeah. But she goes, I lost one man when George died. I won't do it again. So I'm kind of like, but what's your end game, right? Because I think she does make it fairly clear throughout the series. She is looking for love. Like she is looking for kind of like a partnership, but it's like, she's sort of towing, like is the plan to fall in love with a much younger man like Dirk? <laughs> so she dies first. Like what, what is the end game there? Because like, if you don't leave, I'm going to get left. And you're like, okay, it, it'd be different if you were just looking for pure sex, but like I don't think that that's actually what she is looking for. So I think she hasn't really, she hasn't thought the scenario through, right? Where you're just like, yo, like somebody's going to die. It's it's going to be unhappy. <laughs> like yeah. The end, right? Like that's just kind of how it works. But um, anyway, I just thought that was interesting that she articulated it like that, right? Like of just like, I won't do it again. Like I won't yeah. lose another man. And you're like, okay, but like, I, I don't Statistics know if you can say. that. Yeah. <laughs> We're a hundred percent success rate on everyone who's ever been born has died. So exactly. okay. Jesus Christ. Anyway. Um, yeah, I think it's really, 
it's really interesting, you know? And I think to your point of like the reflection that she has at the end where she's like, I think I learned something. And, you know, like I learned a little bit about like missed opportunities. I think it's really, really fascinating of like how, just how much she articulates it, right? Like how much she actually talks about, talks through that sort of like, you know, not hypocrisy, but like contradiction in her thoughts, um, in her thought process. Like she's still working it out. Yeah. And I really like that Stephen, um, this is reminiscent for me of like Dorothy and Glenn and Dorothy and Ken and like, you know, yeah. these, these places where it's not going to work because also like, you know, and Stephen to, to present Stephen's case, like Karen was there when he called because there's an yeah. initial emergency contact, didn't answer the phone, I guess, or didn't come to the hospital. Um, she wasn't like, a crumb. <laughs> a crumb, a louse. Uh, but yeah, like, so he has to do what's right for him. And I think they have this like actual really kind of tender moment where where Blanche comes to the realization. And also I think Stephen isn't exactly it for her too. Like, I think that is sort of the crux of the issue that she's not quite getting yeah. to is like, if he were, I think she would be more willing to take the risk of um, like the emotional risk of, of getting involved with somebody, but I don't think he is. And so I also think that's why it makes it a little more like gentle, like the breakup and then her getting back and sort of like being able to just really have this, um, the lesson be like the takeaway and, yeah. um, you know, kind of recognizing that she lost a great guy. And like, if she wants something, she's gonna have to, she's gonna have to take the risk. She's gonna have to be willing to, to be emotionally vulnerable. And like, I think that she is, to your point about like her looking for love, I think she is, but I also think she, when it comes to, um, like the moment where she'll kind of have to be emotionally available, like she struggles with that a lot. And I think right. that that's from just like, I'm sure living through the death of her husband and also just like her general, like her own stuff. I think that that's yeah. sort of beyond that as well. Yeah, you're right. She sort of like gets up to the point and then gets too terrified and decides she doesn't want it, even though yeah, she exactly. started down the path wanting it. Yeah, it's a really good point. I mean, that's that's totally natural and human, right? Yeah. Like, that's typical. Oh, man. Um, also, Steven's like pretty handsome. I noted in the hospital. I was like, he yeah, is. He's really cute. Um, I think I noted that he said he looked like somebody. Um, oh, he reminds me a little bit of Martin Sheen. <laughs> I could see that. I could definitely yeah. see that. Not a doppelganger, but Martin. it's like a yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> also, just speaking of the emotional weight, like in the hospital when she's talking, she, she, you know, I think it's like right after she talks, like if I, she tells him, like if I don't leave, I'm gonna get left. Um, she does this like light laugh, right? Um, where she almost like kicks her head back a little bit. Rue McClanahan does, and like it's the light laugh that she does when like Blanche is like feeling a lot of weight internally but she's playing it off like in public and in general to almost alleviate other people's awkwardness like it's amazing you can you can like feel it viscerally and she does it a lot of times in the series it's such a part of the character and again it's just like a really subtle piece of acting like just a little like <laughs> you know like like a like a polite laugh almost but it's like you know she's laughing because she's really hurting inside. It's just really epic. Anyway, I, I recommend like watching that scene again if you didn't catch that. And it's just such, it's just a masterclass and like how to build a character and like show that emotion 
in a character that's very self-proud you know yeah totally and I mean like she's a southern debutante like she's in addition to like not wanting to have her emotions be super publicly visible when she doesn't want them like she's taught to like buckle it up and like like always be aware of how you're presenting yourself and so that like laugh as like an emotional deflection yeah um yeah I feel like to fold that into a character is just like such a so smart and such like a something a seasoned actor knows to do and we're the totally. hand just unbelievable yeah she is awesome yeah I love this whole the whole ending scene is great um I do you know I also love the wrap-up of the B story too where Rose like I'd rather be in this group than that one <laughs> no it's so corny it's so cute I, it's so corny but I also do love the I think the broken sewer main St. Olaf story I don't want to hear about your freaking cousin so good <laughs> his last words were I think I learned something oh my god it's, it's really good um <laughs> But yeah, it's 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 a it's a great episode. We get we get like depth in a storyline that makes sense, and then a bunch of lightness in a storyline that makes sense. Although I am still a little worried about Dorothy's crippling depression. But. Yeah, I hope she's dealing with that. Um, <laughs> and I hope Rose like continues to preach positive thinking in her everyday life. Like she doesn't yeah. have to go to those meetings. They would never even say that she was special. <laughs> I know. I could never get them to say that. That's pretty funny too. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. Oh my gosh. Um, do you have anything else? No, nope, that's it. All right. Well, join us next time. We're going to discuss reviving Tennessee Williams and having nightmares <laughs> about Warren Beatty. <laughs> Take care, everybody. <laughs>